For more than 25 years, Atlanta has tuned into my straightforward financial advice. I'm Dr. Gene Hensler, and this is Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. My staff and I will give you fact-based, no-nonsense answers to your financial questions. To have your questions answered on the air, send them to me, Dr. Gene at Hensler.com. That's D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. This broadcast of Money Talks originally aired Saturday, October 24th, 2020. The only thing we have to fear... The economic health of this nation has been... ...for essential economic freedoms. The excessive decline... Greed. ...in the dollar... It's It's a late rally on Wall Street. Too big to fail. Growing the economy. Growing the economy. It's amazing what's been going on with the economy. Welcome. Welcome. This is Monitor. Good morning. What up, fam? You're listening to Atlanta's longest-running, most-respected money show on radio, Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here with none other than Logan Daniel. Morning, Troy. Hey, Logan. Uh, we also have Shauna Theriault, who is... Good morning. ...remoting in today. Uh, get a lot of that these days, right, folks, that... Uh, it's the new normal it really is and you know what it's fine with me yeah it seems to work so yeah i what is the problem sean it works for you right absolutely yeah there we go uh yeah you don't necessarily have to be in the room of folks anymore um you can all still communicate even see each other's face if you want to most people ask me to turn my video off you think it's a problem (laughs) uh you have a face for radio is that what you're saying yes absolutely (laughs) Uh, that is precisely what I am saying. Um, so we've had uh, kind of a, a little bit of a, I don't know, the market seems to be going meh lately. Yeah, uh, it seems to stem around the stimulus talks yeah, all this week. Is, this is one of the weeks, last week would have been one of the weeks, that I was not correct. The market is down 0.8% or 80 bits mm. as we like to say in finance. Um, so, uh, you know, not the, not the best of weeks, but year to date, we're still up 8.78% for the past year market is up 17.28%. So, uh, when you look at it through that prism, if you will, uh, it doesn't look too bad. Uh, normal years about 10 and a half percent on average, seldom does it give us that average, but, uh, you know, over long periods of time, that's what we get. Um, how much and of that is concentrated around a handful of companies? Well, there is there yeah. is some of that, but, but it's actually expanded a little bit. Um, yeah, we still have those top five, mm-hmm. Amazon, Facebook, Microsoft. Um, I always forget them when I start naming them off. Google. Yep. Uh, I'm still missing one, I believe. Anyway, there's... Amazon. Amazon. There yep. you go. Uh, but yeah, a fistful of companies have uh, forced the market a bit higher. When you look at... Uh, um, Value type stocks versus growth type companies. There is still a C between the two, uh, with growth significantly outperforming uh, value in the last ten months, I guess, year to date. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's pretty significant. About 25% higher on those growth companies, and still down about seven or eight percent. And one would think you'd value. see that kind of get back to normal at some point, don't you? Think? Yes, absolutely. Um, I, I believe in longer term, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the price to earnings ratio is not going to stay 
as wonky as it is right now, if you will. Is that a word, wonky? I think it is. Well, it can is. Be. It's a tech, not a technical word, but yeah. a slang word probably. Right, yeah. Don't check don't check the dictionary, but uh, we'll <laughs> we'll go with it's a word. Um, <clears throat> but it's, uh, uh, you know, you look and we're looking at a, a growth stocks that are over 60% overvalued rel- relative to their long-term average price-to-earnings ratio and various other price uh, metrics that we use for valuation of companies, uh, publicly traded companies. Um, if you look at uh, value, believe it or not, they're also slightly overvalued. Where you find the true uh, discount to long-term uh, valuation according to these price ratios is, you want to guess? Anybody? Shauna? Energy. Energy. Well, ener- yeah, energy's uh, a good guess, and that is act- actually really correct uh, for the most part. But uh, dividend-paying stocks. So there's an index out there called the, the uh, Dow Jones U.S. Select Dividend Index. Uh, it's a, a, a group of companies that pay dividends. If you're not uh, a dividend payer, you don't get in that index. Um, and it's about somewhere between 15 and 20% undervalued relative to its long-term average. It does include some energy companies, but it's really utilities and, uh, you know, there's healthcare companies, pretty much anything that's going to pay you a dividend. A lot of consumer staple companies, it's old cash cows that, uh, you know, the the old argument in finance is if you uh, can't grow faster than the overall economy, pay it back in a dividend, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, a lot of these companies are, are um, just, you know, they're profitable, they're stable, and uh, they give back to their shareholders a, a part of the profits on a quarterly basis. Um, One would think they might be doing better because rates are so low. I mean, you got to Well, earn. yeah, I mean, demand actually increases when you when mm-hmm. you do see those things. Now, one thing I'll tell you, the the uh, some of that uh, tech um, hype is, is starting to fade. Uh, if you look since September 2nd, I don't know what the significance is of that date mm-hmm. except for the fact that when I go backwards and look at, at times when markets uh, change direction or, or whatever, uh, that seems to stick out right now uh, when I look at the charts. <clears throat> and um, I will tell you that since then, the market overall is down about 3.5%. And guess what it's led by? Not tech this time. It's led by utilities mm-hmm. that are up about 7.5% since September 2nd. Believe mm-hmm. that or not. Um, so, you know, we're seeing a bit of a, uh, most a comeback. utilities are higher dividend paying, aren't they? They really are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's kind of the point, you know, we're starting to see the a little bit of that, uh, reversion to the mean, mm-hmm. which is, um, you know, we'll get back to, uh, those longer term average price ratios at some point. Uh, but valuations do look, uh, really odd right now. And, uh, it's very seldom that you would see, um, one, type of investing, one asset class, if you will. You can parse them multiple different ways, but value versus growth, it's really strange that you would see such a disparity in the val- in the uh, returns on those in such a short period of time. But uh, that's the life we have right now. <laughs> um, when, uh, when we saw the market 
uh, tank back in uh, February and into March. Uh, between February 19th and March 23rd, we had a, a decline of uh, approximately 34% in the overall stock market. Hard to believe in a month's time we could have lost one-third of the value in the S&P 500. But that's mm. what we did yeah, this year. And now we're up almost, almost 9%. Ten, yeah. yeah, quick recovery. Yeah, I, it really, it, it was a rebound. And, and mm -hmm. oh, by the way, what was significance of March 23rd other than the fact that the market turned? Yeah, the CARES Act. That would have been the day yep. that the CARES <laughs> Act was signed. So, uh, you know, it's it, a, lot of, a lot of times it's not, uh, you know, you can't go back and, and uh, tell exactly what happened this day or that. Uh, one other thing that I've been watching really close is, uh, you know, we get lots of questions around the election. There's a lot at stake for investors. Uh, in the 2020 election, we saw uh, tax cuts uh, enacted in 2018. Uh, that is one of the platforms that the uh, uh, Democrat Party and more specifically Joe Biden is speaking about. Uh, he is absolutely going to change. Now, the way he pitches it is he's going to take away the uh, the tax benefits that Trump gave to the wealthy. Uh, we could all agree or agree to disagree mm -hmm. on what that really means uh what is wealthy i mean if you want to talk about it in a global sense sure how how can you not agree with a guy uh when you know uh if you've got any money in the bank you're probably wealthier than most of the globe but mm -hmm. uh you know from from uh looking at it from the perspective of just the united states i, I would take issue with uh it was just the wealthy that got a tax break because everybody got changes in taxes, and a lot of them, the taxes, their taxes actually didn't fall at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, it's it's um, one of those things. But uh, no, and not only did their taxes not fall, some of them went up, and then they got a surprise if they didn't adjust their withholding, and they ended up owing the next year too. That's exactly yep. right, Sean. It's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So you know, it, it was uh, definitely a, a change in in uh, taxation, and now we're talking about going back. It, it was a change, and overall, I think corporations definitely got a break. Uh, but um, we are now talking about maybe a change in that, uh, even an increase in uh, capital gains tax rates, uh, things of that nature, which definitely would be impactful for uh, investors in the market. Um, but don't you think whoever gets in office, you know, uh, and even and even if, you know, the Dems get the Senate, do you really think they're going to increase taxes that quickly? Because if you increase corporate tax, they're going to, they may cut people and people are losing jobs. I mean, some, some companies are down right now and that's going to force them to do additional cuts, potentially if you raise their corporate tax. Yeah, so I mean, I just, it, it's I, I really hard. It hard to believe that whoever gets in office would be like, yes, let's start cutting taxes and hurting the American people a little bit more. Yeah, I don't think that it would happen immediately, um, but I, I do think that you probably would see uh, you've you've got an increased likelihood with uh, Joe Biden in the office. Uh, the one thing I will say is uh, the stock market's been a good indicator of whether or not we're going to have a change in power in the nation. Uh, stock market is up about 5%. Since August 3rd, which marks three months prior to the election, usually if the market is up, the party in power continues in power. If uh, it's the other way, then uh, you would expect a change. Um, in 2016, the market was down about 2.5%, uh, although the polls said Hillary was going to win.
Stick around. You're listening to Money Talks. We'll be back shortly. Grab your shotgun, cock his back. Shoot the sun until the sky is black. Now I shall sure hope that the sun got rhythm. Cause he gon' dance when that music hit him. You This is the dog. The dog of the week. All right, we got a dog of the week this week. Uh, I love it when uh, businesses promote themselves in interesting ways. And since uh, everyone's wearing a face mask these days, uh, Hormel, who owns the brand Black Label, has decided that they are going to give away Black Label breathable bacon face masks and you're thinking wow it'd be pretty cool to have that have a face mask that looks like bacon right well it's more than that it's uh using the latest latest uh bacon smell technology bacon smell that's that's a big thing now you're going to walk around with bacon smell in your mask during the day shauna what do you think of that my dog would go crazy. Yeah, speaking, speaking, <laughs> speaking of dogs, your dog's gonna, be, your dog's gonna <laughs> eat you. Uh, I know my dog would be jumping at our faces. I don't know that that would work. Yeah, I'm, I'm not so sure that I'm sold on this. Uh, I, I did send this. You guys know that uh, John Dixon, who works in the Hensler Financial Tax Department, oh. is huge on bacon. I mean, we'll go to breakfast. It's its own food group. I, I, it's its own food group, completely, I, for him. If, if yeah. you ever run across John at breakfast, you can almost be sure that not only does he have a mouth full of bacon, he's probably got it stuffed in each pocket. <laughs> he will eat some bacon. I sent him this, and he said, uh, he, said he, he thought that was a good idea. I told him, uh, you know... It, it might be bad if it if he got uh, over stimulated by the bacon and decided he didn't like it anymore. I mean, what are you going to do? Well, that that could be bad. Anyway, these uh, breathable bacon face masks. Uh, if you go to their website, you can uh, sign up until October 28th at uh, breathablebacon.com. You register to win one of these. They said for every single um, uh, contest entry, up to 10000 they are going to provide a, a meal for Feeding America, which that's not a dog of the week at all. That's it's actually good pretty cool. Yeah. I think so. And, uh, you know, who who doesn't like bacon? I, I try to have a bacon biscuit for breakfast almost every morning. But, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, no, I'm no John Dixon, but I like some <laughs> bacon too. In moderation. In well, yeah, in moderation. It, I guess moderation is that supposed to be defined by me or by you? Good point. Yeah, I mean it's moderation to me, and and if it's relative to what John eats, then it's moderation. That, that seems wonky to me. It what? <laughs> it seems wonky to me. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, all right. So breathable bacon face mask. I don't know about you guys, but. Uh, you know, since March, walking around with a face mask, surely you've had garlic, something with garlic in it for lunch, put the face mask on and decided, wow, I should chase that with a breath mint. Yeah, it doesn't go away. <laughs> yeah, I, I tell you what, guys, it's a, it's a whole new thing that I guess I never thought about until you're in the moment and you really have fouled up. 
heading to it. I, 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 in fact, it's almost to the point where I feel like I need to go back and apologize to everyone I've ever had lunch with or a meeting with after lunch because of, you know, the things you just don't realize that your breath is, are, are doing to other people. Anyway, all right, enough of, enough of that craziness. Uh, Shauna, we got some finance stuff to talk about. You want to do that? Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. So uh, Amanda and Dennis are uh, 59 and 60, respectively. Amanda's company cut staff when uh, sales dropped during COVID-19 crisis. Since then, she's been enjoying this forced retirement. Uh, they can work their budget to work solely on Dennis's salary, and uh, he has at least seven to ten years left before uh, he's going to exit the workforce. Uh, they're concerned on how to make their retirement assets last until their 90s. That's uh, that's what we usually do, right? Run a 92 a is our our standard. Plan. Yeah, okay. Uh, while they're okay with the concept of Amanda taking an early retirement, they're suddenly daunted by the fact retirement might be 30 years. Uh, Amanda, mm-hmm. Amanda will re- be receiving a severance package that will provide a year's salary as well as health insurance, I guess, over that 12-month period. Um, so uh, I, that, to me, is probably the most real fear with uh, with folks who invest for for a purpose. I mean, there's there's a lot of people that worry that the market's going to go down and, you know, they're going to lose this or that. As long as you've got a plan that shows that, uh, you know, your your longevity of your money is is uh better has better probabilities of lasting until you're 92 than you do then it's not so much a problem but uh this is this to me is a real fear so uh i'm sure you guys have ran into this and as uh, logan already said we try to plan based on uh you know longevity to 92 years old um but i i wanted to turn it over to y'all and let you walk me through kind of the process and what you would tell somebody like Amanda and Dennis. Well, I mean, the biggest thing for them, because they are, you know, not working, you know, through age 65 is, is medical costs. Right. Right. So the first thing they have to think about is you have to pay for some sort of health insurance till age 65. So that can be a big cost. Um, You know, it's doable just depending on what, you know, you saved in assets and what your other spending is. And, Individuals are living longer. So, you know, looking at long-term care would be a good option. You know, looking at the withdrawal rate on your portfolio is going to be really, really important, especially in the beginning when, you know, you first get retired or lose a job, et cetera, and you're before age 65. Most of the time you can be on COBRA, I believe, for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that will kick in. And then after that point, they're going to have to buy health insurance, which is going to be expensive. Yeah. A couple um, of things that you said in there, Shauna, uh, Cobra, isn't that pretty expensive? Yes. It can be really yes. expensive. The full premium plus pr- 2%, I believe. Is that what it is? So, mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, you're not getting yeah. the help that, uh, that your employer, your employer is probably right. giving you on that. And, and then the other thing you said something about getting retired. That's more common than people want to think about, right? We've, we've seen it right. a lot this year. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, I know the earlier you buy that um, uh, long-term care insurance, the cheaper it gets. So would her age be a problem there? No. I mean, she's, no, in fact. She's kind of in that sorry, age really? range to start looking for it at least. Um, 
I mean, I guess the earlier you apply for it, the less you pay, but the longer and the later, the more you pay, but less time. So it could equal out. Yeah. But she's definitely in that age range to start exploring yeah, long-term but if somebody, care. I mean, to me, that's kind of a tough decision, is it not? Because if you're going to expect to, to uh, work until you're 65, usually you wouldn't worry about needing that, right? Yeah, I mean, you want to you want to get long term care when you're healthy, and you know, I do believe that at certain thresholds, you know, milestones that is turning age sixty, age seventy, et cetera, those milestones it becomes more expensive. And traditional long term care is, is is pretty expensive. And then you know, if you don't use it, you lose it. Kind of like house insurance, right? Yeah. They do have or hybrid social policies security. now. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they. They do have hybrid policies now where let's say you can buy this bucket of money. So let's say I'm just making it up 300000 for this bucket of money that you can draw from when you have a long-term care need. But if you don't use it, it then or whatever's left, if it's the whole 300000 or let's say you just use half of it, then that becomes insurance passed on to your heirs. All right. So there are other products in the marketplace to help solve for that. But, you know, some individuals can self-insure, which means, you know, you look at cash flow projections until age 92 or 100, right? And then you say, what is the withdrawal rate in the portfolio? You know, you, do, you typically want to do a, a 3% is a good withdrawal rate on the portfolio because you have your Social Security, possibly pension. Um, I don't know if she has that in her situation. But then any withdrawal need, you know, that you want that to be around 3% maximum, sometimes 4 But you get up in the 5s and 6, you're really pushing it. But then what you can also do is drop in the expense of long-term care, meaning getting care, maybe it's, you know, what the averages are in Atlanta or whatever area they're in. So let's say it's 20000 a year, I'm just making it up. You know, drop in that expense and have it go five to ten years to see do, there, do they make it. So that, that would be self-insuring. And if your plans still make it with that, then you have the option of self-insuring. And when you say make it, you're saying that their assets get Last them to their, 92. At least 92, if not okay. longer. Exactly. And, I mean, in their case, Dennis you know, is they're... still working, so there could be a need for life insurance, not knowing the full picture here. Um, he's now the sole breadwinner of the family. So Right. Well, what um, you would hope is that he could uh, actually, maybe his employer provides yeah, picks health up insurance. health insurance for her. Yeah, so she could get on that. I, you know, we don't have enough details to know that, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, it would definitely be the first thought to come to mind, I guess, if, yep. if health care is the big issue. Um, so does this mean Dennis ought to work longer? Should he plan on working longer, maybe? This is what having a financial plan is good for. That's exactly <laughs> right, I guess. So uh, tell us, if you would, I mean, the financial plan, maybe maybe briefly, what is it based on? I mean, th- what's the first step? Don't you look at how much they spend first? Yeah, spending oh, is yeah. the pretty much the main driver of it. Um, like Shauna was saying, building long-term care costs in addition to the base spending, the normal every day. Um, but spending that kind of no, you can have millions of dollars in the bank. And if you spend too much money, you, you can still run out. All right. Um, well, let's yeah, take I mean, your, the rule of thumb used to be, you have to have a million dollars, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what people used to say mm-hmm. years ago. Okay. Well, if you spend a hundred thousand a year, you can do the math on that. It's not going to last. Right. So spending is matters. Well, and and let's face it, if you've got the salary of a doctor and you still spend 
more than the average person, a million dollars is not going to won't get you very far. <laughs> not going to get you there. So it, uh, financial planning, if I'm hearing you right, is kind of a personal situation. Everybody's different. Yeah. All right. Well, let's take a real quick break. When we get back, we'll flesh this out a little bit more. Stick around. You're listening to Money Talks. Forceful measures that we as a country are taking to control the spread of the virus have brought much of the economy to an abrupt halt. Many businesses have closed. People have been asked to stay home. Your money, your money is on the line. Is on the line. Money talk. Money talk is on the air. We're back. I'm Troy Harmon today with uh, Sean Atherialt and. Logan Daniel, we've been talking about uh, a financial planning situation, um, you know, where uh, Amanda's worried about running out of money. Her husband, Dennis, still working. Uh, we'll get back to into that in just a second. But if you have questions, we'd love to hear from you. Anything financial, uh, you can give us a call on our question hotline. The number is 1-855-429-9166. If you'd rather talk to a human being than to call and leave your message, including your question, on our question hotline. You can call 770-429-9166. When they pick up Ask for the Radio Show or Kelly Lynn, they will patch you through to her. She'll get your question to us, and uh, we'll answer it on the air. Uh, if you prefer not to do either one, you'd rather email us. You can do that as well. The email address is d, uh, com. That is spelled D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R dot com. Uh, there is another option, too, if you didn't want to do any of that and you'd rather just kind of do it yourself. We've got lots and lots of information uploaded on our website, Hensler dot com, spelled again H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R dot com. Uh, you can find out lots of information about uh, the federal treasury and uh Fed, uh, Federal Reserve's response to uh, COVID, um, you know, places you might go for help in that regard. Mm-hmm. Might be a little late at this point, but, um, you know, any anything financial planning related, uh, there's some uh, tax planning guidelines, lots and lots of information about your finances on Hensler.com. So I encourage you to go out there. Uh, guys, as I said, we were talking about Amanda and Dennis, and uh, I had asked you guys, to flesh out a little bit of how uh, the financial planning process goes, and maybe that'll be informative on things that uh, they might worry about um, in answering the question, have I saved enough or am I saving enough, uh, and how they can uh, get through with uh, Amanda's early retirement at the age of 59 uh, where she was retired. It wasn't that she uh, retired voluntarily early. Uh, COVID just kind of happened. For, forced to, retirement. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and that's more common than uh, than people might realize. Um, but I'll get out of y'all's way and let you, uh, you know, we had already talked about uh, really it starts with how much you spend. And uh, no matter how much you make, the piece that you spend, the piece that matters most and the one that you can plan around is kind of your habitual spending. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, where does it go from there, guys? Well, really, you need to look at, you know, things like inflation. So it's healthcare now, 
you know, if, if she can get on his plan, that would be better than paying for COBRA or getting her own individual plan. Um, you know, so if he's going to work to age 65, you know, that would work in that regard if that is an option. Um, but then, you know, like we talked about, looking at the assets now versus what they're projected to grow to, making sure the allocation is correct, because let's say you have everything in fixed income, you may not have the growth that you need to make it either. So the allocation absolutely matters. And another important thing is inflation. So, you know, when we're, when we're doing inflation, we use 4.6% as an inflation, which has traditionally been higher than actual inflation, um, you know, purposefully to, to build in a cushion there. But, you know, with the economy the way it is now, I mean, at some point we could have hyperinflation. So, you know, if, if, if things go up and up and up, then that's, that's of concern, too. Absolutely. Um, typically with retirees, they, you know, get hit with big ticket items and in inflation, you know, car purchases, you know, larger things like that, because they're not out there, you know, buying all the goods, kids clothes and, you know, baseball bats, et cetera. So, you know, that's just something to think about. And then the long term care in future in the future, because you just you, the worst thing you could do is run out of money and outlive your assets. Yeah, it's hard to uh, go back in the workforce at 90. Yeah. And at least Dennis is still working. So if he needed right. to work an extra five years yeah at least a, he, another, he can yeah, luckily i mean if you think about uh, it and he's going to turn 65 a year before she does so maybe at least another year yep you know to kind of bridge the gap to to her turning 65 would mm-hmm. be uh, a simplistic but uh, maybe a wise decision for them yep. to start planning for um and social security i mean she'll be eligible in two and a half years almost so Right. Um, she uh, could start drawing if needed. Right. Shauna, I know we came into this show talking about uh, potential higher taxes. And, uh, you know, if you if you couple that with inflation, there has been a lot of uh, there have been quite a few changes just in the last year that could be inflationary. First of all, we spent three trillion dollars to kind of dig out of the hole that COVID left us in. They're mm-hmm. talking about spending maybe two point two trillion more. Uh, all of that, unless we had growth that would uh, come alongside and, and um, kind of mute the potential for inflation, um, it, it unless managed very well, uh, you're right. We could see higher prices in the future, which would be a huge negative for people that are already retired. Uh, something else I think is probably very important, and I know you guys look at this, tax, right? Tax, mm-hmm. uh, and, and if you're saving from an IRA, don't just assume that the money you have in the IRA is all going to be spent. It's got to be taxed as it comes out, right? Yep. You can almost look at it, half your whatever your balance is now, just take half of it. <laughs> yeah, um, unfortunately. That's your that's, after tax. Yeah, I mean, um, they, they, let you, they let you have it for a while mm-hmm. without being taxed. Uh, it goes in tax-free. But when it comes out, they still get their income yep. tax, right? They and, get it. You know, hopefully it's at a lower rate, but uh, you just never know what the future holds. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else that we need to uh, cover where it comes to um, where it comes to financial planning? I know, um, you know, we we've gone through inflation and tax, and uh, you know, making sure that your health care is covered. Uh, have we got them to ninety two yet? Well, I hope so. And, you know, there's things you can adjust. Like like Logan said, you could work longer, you could spend less. And, you know, traditionally, you know, she's a little bit younger than him. And traditionally, women live longer than men. So you want to be sure that, you know, especially if if some point, you know, um, he passes away, that she has enough to live on. Yeah, and especially with healthcare technology improving as we go, uh, do you guys perceive this is going to be even worse in the future? I mean, the fact that we're going to live longer, it, you, do, you don't yeah, look at so. it as being yep. worse. 
Uh, but if you well, live well, longer, I, think that would ha- I, I would think what would happen is you end up working longer, right? So uh, yeah, if, yeah. if you have more health to you, because that, that is what's happening. People are working longer in the workplace. In fact, I think this is the first time in history that we've had three generations working together. I think that's the correct quota. So I think you, if you're healthier, you'd probably end up working longer to get to retirement, just like they've been pushing back the Social Security retirement age. So yeah. 59 is not too old to start working no. in another place, right? No. Yeah, you could easily find another I mean, job, I'm I know, sure. I know Amanda's probably wanting to slap us all about <laughs> right now, but uh, we might ought to recommend that she look around for a job, Yep. especially one if she could find it that pays insurance yeah. for at least just, five just or six Just for the benefits. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, sometimes it, it might be even wise for her to take a, a cut and pay from what she's accustomed to just to get the benefits. Mm-hmm. You noted, noted there, Logan. All right, so... Um, I, I think, you know, now that we've thoroughly angered Amanda, we could probably <laughs> move on and see if we can anger somebody else. What do you think? Works for me. All right, guys. Uh, we've got quite a few questions, but uh, I, I let's run through. There's some data on the economy that, that we didn't really cover early in the show. Um, I, I'll step back a, a minute and do some of that. National Association of... Uh, uh, home builders came out this week with the housing market index, and it increased to a new record high of 85 in October of uh, 2020 from 83 in September. Uh, beat market forecast, which said that it was going to be flat at that 83. Um, the current single-family sub-index increased to 90 from 88. All these are, are records from, uh, you know, the pr- prospective buyer's sub-index was steady again, too, at, at 74. So all... Good news in housing, uh, housing starts rose 1.9% to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 1.415 million units in September of 2020. Building permits uh, in the U.S. rose 5.2%. Uh, and, uh, you know, there, it seems like it's never-ending. We've got uh, existing home sales That's came out this interesting to me. Week. How, how does building permits? I mean, we have so many empty buildings right now because more and more people are working from home. I mean, is that like a bubble out there right now, the, you know, con- commercial real estate? Well, it's. I don't think the building permits is, is like related home, to home that. Buildings, it's, like yeah, personal. it's like residential. So got in you. this case, it's... Got uh, That's yeah, what I want to make sure. But I do know the inventory is so low. I mean, houses are flying off the market, you know. Right. At least I know where we are. I don't know that this is across the United States. Um, but inventory is so low that people are putting... How, you know, you're getting five, six offers in the first day or week of listing. Yeah, uh, if you think it's hot in the south... Shauna, the Northeast increased 25.8% to 151,000 uh, building permits issued uh, most in the wow. most recent month. So uh, it, it's kind of crazy, but that's what's going on. It, um, you know, the, especially I think low interest rates is one yep. factor, and the other factor is people are moving away from populated cities. Right. uh, Flight to the suburbs. Yeah, (laughs) it really is. Yeah, moving out. All right, well, let's take a quick break and we'll come back with our final segment. Money Talks. We'll be right back. Vaccine or no vaccine? We're back. When normal is now called new. 
You need, you need money talks. Money talks. We're back. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon today with Logan Daniel and Shauna Theriault. And uh, we've uh, actually seen so lots of news about a new vaccine. Uh, you know, we've seen, uh, we really haven't gotten one that 100% works yet, but we uh, we do see some that seem to be nearing Making uh, progress. Completion. Yeah, yeah. I would I would hope by the end of the year we might have something that could be mass produced and distributed in the next year. The next question is going to be who's going to be willing to get their vaccine. All right. If uh, you have questions, we'd love to hear from you. You can call our question hotline at one eight five five four two nine nine one six six. You can call and talk to a human if you prefer at seven seven zero four two nine nine one six six. Ask for the radio show or Kelly Lynn if you have a question. Uh, they'll patch you through to her, and uh, you can leave your question with her, and she'll get it to us. Um, that's also the way that you can talk to Logan Daniel or Shauna Theriault about financial planning questions. Uh, Shauna's a CPA as well, so she can help you with some taxation issues. Uh, we didn't talk about it. She's also a CDFA. Shauna, what's that mean again? Divorce analyst, so I can help with divorces and Helping uh, keep it fair between the, t- between the couple. All right. Keeping it fair, which uh, I'm sure is what every person going through a divorce it's, it's wants to do. It's, it's always fair. It's always fair. Oh, yeah. Shauna, you, uh, you, you, I don't know why you went and did that, but uh, maybe you just like to fight and argue. I don't know. That's all I can assume. <laughs> Are you the peacemaker? We'll just say you're the peacemaker. Leave That's it there. That's right. All right. There we go. Uh, but again, division. <laughs> right. If you want to talk to any of us uh, about financial planning, you can call 770-429-9166, or you can email us, drgene.hensler.com, spelled D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com, or you can go to our website. We've got lots and lots of information downloaded there uh, for your viewing, reading, um, pleasure, if it's about tax, you're probably going to fall asleep. So if you've got insomnia, you can go there and read tax stuff. I mean, I always mess with John Dixon, our tax guy, when he talks about he's he's way <laughs> too excited about tax. Well, how in the world does a guy get like that? I don't know. All right, I've I been love beating tax up. and estate planning. That's my favorite subject, tax oh, and estate planning. See, so there, I guess there's I'm a dork too. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad you said it, Shauna. Uh, <laughs> No, I really do want to talk more about this this real estate because yeah, I we I keep talking. This is a theme in conversations because most a lot of us are working from home, right? And there's all these empty commercial buildings, right? You know, and with like you said, people moving to the suburbs, you know, because they're probably going to be working home for more. Because um, even after COVID, I think there's just been a pendulum switch switch where you know, all companies are evaluating their real estate right now. Sure. And so it consolidated in large companies. I know several um, friends and family that their large companies are completely downsizing and going into where you do have an office, but it has like lockers where you can put your stuff or, you know, outside offices where you can conduct meetings, but you pick a cube and but you work from home most of the time. So with all these empty buildings and real estate and commercial real estate, I'm speaking, I mean, is that a bubble? Well, I mean, what are, those, uh, are they going to be repurposed? Yeah, I don't know if you'd call it a bubble, but uh, definitely seems logical that we would have some sort of significant change in office-type real estate. And and I know a couple of weeks ago we had uh, a, a, cl- a caller question 
that uh, centered around that, you know, about real estate investment trusts. Uh, what I would say about the real estate market right now, there's a few things that work really well. Uh, one of the client, one of the the uh, stocks that we do recommend is uh, Digital Realty, which uh, is a real estate investment trust that owns um, data centers for technology. I think those are going to continue to work. But even right now, residential real estate, uh, you know, it's there's it's hard to have clarity. Uh, prices are high in residential real estate, like multifamily homes. Uh, apartment complexes and whatnot. So, you know, a real estate investment trust there might be a little bit questionable mm -hmm. until you can see how many people are going to default, <laughs> not be able to pay rent once uh, once it gets forced back on them, and whether or not they catch up from, from the rent's loss to the landlord. Um, and, and Shauna, yeah. absolutely. Commercial real estate right now, uh, there are too many questions surrounding it. I I believe like you. I mean, malls were already struggling, so retail right. is, is Retailer, out. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it it really narrows the potential options in in uh, real estate when you sit around and think just what has happened. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, I know I've talked to several people. They go to downtown Atlanta, um, and the buildings are empty. I mean, there's nobody there now. Well, mind you, we are still in the middle of a pandemic, but like I said, all of them are re you know companies are reevaluating. It's, it's cheaper potentially to set up employees, as long as they can still be productive, right? Sure. Productivity is yeah. not there, then no. But there's certain companies that can be p productive, if not even more productive, because you don't have those, I don't mean to call them interruptions, but no one's walking in your office all day and, you know, you're working. And so it's cheaper for a company potentially to buy them a computer and a phone and a scanner and a printer and put and keep them in their house than having all this overhead of, you know, expenses in a building. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, and, so, you know, and, and the other thing is, Shauna, what's been our experience? I mean, I know it's anecdotal, but Hensler Financial has been working remotely, and have we had a problem? No. No, it's been more, actually, we've shown that it's actually been more productive. Yeah. Wouldn't you mm -hmm. say, Logan? Yes, I agree with that. I mean, to your to your point, no one's coming by your office and talking about last night's game for an hour. I mean, which <laughs> sure. is, I mean, but you, I do miss that. that right? um, yeah, yeah sure. you do, but it's yeah. not really productive. Right. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, I, Shauna, to your point, I think it would be uh, it would be kind of short-sighted to assume that there were not going to be some sort of change in commercial real estate, maybe short-term in residential, but not long-term. Uh, and but even you know, if you think of like the trickle effects of that, right? So what about all the restaurants in the area where all the office buildings are, and people aren't going to lunch every day like they used to? Yeah, you know, maybe yeah. there's people going to dinner, but I mean. Those places where people, I mean, think about the traffic. Everybody's driving downtown, you know, or wherever. The traffic's horrible. If all those people, I mean, I still see traffic. They're going somewhere, so maybe they're still going there. But, you know, <laughs> I don't live in Atlanta proper, but, you know, I live in the suburbs. So, right. but you think about the trickle effect, potentially, I don't know, of those businesses that sure. used to, you know, house those different individuals going to work every day, you know, the lunch, that the businesses around them have to be hurting, I would think, because there's not as many people. Yeah, uh, you know, New York City has talked specifically. There's been huge debates about whether or not, because they didn't allow restaurants to open um, full full on, and really even locally here, restaurants are still distancing, you know, every other table, so capacity is down. I think if you're if you've got a restaurant in a suburban area, you're probably still going to be better off than uh, if it were a location that, that you would have traveled to or that really did rely heavily on the lunch crowd. I think uh, what you might see, because I believe if you've got a good product, people are going to seek you out, especially when yep. it's something to eat. 
Uh, and I think <laughs> what you might see is, you know, you might see inflation in real estate in certain areas while you see uh, deflation in other areas just because of the demand yeah. being more local and, and uh, you know, changed geographically because of what we've done. Uh, mm. So th the thing I would say is be very cautious if you're investing in real estate right now. Uh, mm. I, I, you cannot make me believe that real estate is not still going to be a, a great um, investment in the future. And one of the big reasons is uh, the bank will always let you leverage real estate. And right. There's, there's, yep. a, there's a lot of benefit in being able to leverage uh, investments. You notice we don't ever talk about leveraging your portfolio of stocks. <laughs> Um, it's because of the volatility. I mean, it's the same reason mm -hmm. that's the basis for our 10-year rule where, mm -hmm. you know, we recommend that clients, if you need your money in the next 10 years, you need to keep it out of the volatile stock market. We would yep. rather see you sit it on the sidelines awaiting that spending and still trying to capture uh, inflationary-type yep. investments. Uh, keep up know, with inflation. Years. Exactly. So you, mm -hmm. you protect your purchasing power. All right, guys. Well, uh, believe it or not, that would be the end of our show where I tell you that the market is going up next week and Logan, you can tell them whatever you want. Sean, are you going smart? up? How about that? Logan's smart. I smart guy. Going up. There we go. Sean is on. <laughs> so, uh, I'm thinking that this week is going to be different than last week and the market will be up. Like I said, stick around. We'll catch you next week on money talks. Thanks for listening. <laughs>